0: That's what I was in that relationship. I was somebody's bitch, and I allowed that to happen because I did not love myself enough to be like, stand up for myself, say, fuck you, and walk away.
1: It's me sacrificing my life and my time. Like, I don't care. I'll sacrifice the fun, the freedom. I'll sacrifice everything so that those around me can live better.
0: That's what we as men deserve. We deserve to have a woman that's not going to be out here in the streets, tricking, showing her ass off to everybody on Instagram, being on OnlyFans. Like, we deserve that. We deserve that, bro. My name's Andrew and this is Planted Moves. Planted Moves was designed for those looking to find purpose, to start clear vision and discover transformation on the road to success. What's up everyone? Welcome to the move. I am super excited because we have a special guest here today on our first podcast episode. That's Lance Curse. Man, I'm super excited to have you on here. Spoke to you about this like a couple of times at the gym, just briefly. Um, But the first time that I mentioned it, you were like, yeah, let's do it. And you were super on board. Um, And so that's awesome because you were officially my first guest. (laughs) So uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to have you. And I think that you've got an incredible story. Um, Professional athlete, you've made a name for yourself. You've defeated sickle cell trait. Um, You've just like not been stopped, right? And I think that that's just an admirable quality. Uh, and that's something that I think that a lot of people would really um like yearn something incredible from hearing. So I just kinda wanna go into your story, man. And uh so I guess I guess first going into it, can you tell me a little bit about the sickle cell trade and what that is? Because I'm not too familiar with it.
1: Well well thank you for the introduction, man. That was yeah. that was a great introduction. Never been introduced like that. No. Uh, yeah, that was that was great. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh no, but sickle cell is um it's a genetic um, adaptation to malaria. Well, I wouldn't say adaptation. Uh, do you know how uh, natural selection works? From? A l- uh, little bit, right? From biology. Yeah, and biology school. Right?
0: And yeah, yeah. yeah. And school. <laughs> well,
1: so basically you have, um, you know, a, a pool or um, a population of people, different groups of people with certain traits, right? Uh, whenever a disease comes through, if you have certain traits that would be great for that disease, well, then you get to live, and the other ones perish, and yeah. you get to procreate. So sickle cell uh, is an adaptation for malaria. So anyone with sickle cell, like sickle cell trait, I'm like 60% immune to malaria. So I go to Africa somewhere where there's a lot of malaria. I get bit, and I'm good. Wow. Yeah, so... Um, but... When you move above, let's say the twenty-third parallel, that's outside the Tropic of Cancer and Tropic of Capricorn. Well, then the body really doesn't like that that much because it likes to be in humid, hot regions. That's why you're in Miami. That's why I'm in Miami. (laughs) You know, I'm not gonna move back to Virginia. Like, Uh, no time soon, not at all. I don't have anything against Virginians. I love my Virginians. How do you pronounce? How do you say Virginians? Virginians, Yeah, I love them. You know, uh, but. I would be in Miami for the rest of my life or South further South, like Jamaica where my family's from and all that stuff. So. Nice. But, um, yeah, so sickle cell trait, you know, you can face complications if you're too high altitude, uh, for your sake, if you're, um, I don't know, uh, elevated pressure. So if you're swimming uh, deep in the ocean or something like that, yeah. um, thin air, it's a couple of different things. And, you know, I, I know a few players who, you know, been through some complications uh one died uh or or if you're overheated or um over exerting yourself so like rigorous activity
0: but that's like everybody playing ball
1: basically (laughs) yeah right any sport right so um yeah it's one of those things where you know they thought that it was benign that you know there's no real effect and you don't have any concern for it but there's a real concern and a lot of athletes pass out and die Wow. Not not to what you see now, because you see a bunch of athletes falling out and passing out and dying now. That's not linked to the <laughs> single cell trait, Trust me, but that's a little different. We, we may not talk about that on this podcast. I don't want you to get canceled. But um
0: Appreciate that.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. We can't get canceled before we can start, right? Sure. <laughs> but, uh yeah, you know, there, there's there's a, a ton of athletes who've had situations. And, you know, uh, Devon Darling, you know, his brother died of single cell trait um complications uh eric plancher um ucf back in 2007 mm. yeah 2007 um i actually got an offer to play at ucf college football if i would have played my senior of high school to ucf and then that fall then that spring he died so wow yeah yeah a lot of people don't know that but um yeah it's just one of those
0: things where there just needs to be more awareness for Yeah. That to- so what are some of the complications that result you know, as a part of this disease, uh, or trait rather, you know, so, I mean, obviously you were still able to play, but, you know, tell me some stories of like really what this did to you and how it impacted you while you were playing mm-hmm. and what the big deal was about it.
1: Yeah. So with sickle cell trait, uh, you know, you become anemic, you know, your blood thinks that it has, a an outside force, like a malaria coming in. So it, it basically kills off itself, the cell, the, um, the blood cells. Wow. And um, you're left with less blood, so you're a little weaker, you're lethargic, you're tired. You know, so to the naked eye, if you don't know what it is, it looks like that person's lazy, that they're wow. unenthused, right? It looks like it's more of a mental issue. So, um, yeah, it was, you know, it was... Uh, um, thought that I was lazy and yeah uh, that I was dealing with some mental issues and all that stuff I was labeled of having PTSD but if you ask any woman right that's going through that 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 cycle that time in a month and you ask them how do you feel when you're going through that cycle when you're losing blood yeah. they're not happy it doesn't no it does a number to your brain right mm-hmm. you're cramping up you're losing blood you're tight yes. yeah so you know, I can empathize with women because I've been, I, I used to, I, that was my life every day. Wow. It wasn't just the time of the month, it was every day. Yeah, the cramps are a little bit different because it's probably a cervical wall and whatnot, but for me it was, you know, I got to one time it was from neck to toe, I couldn't move. Like oh. my, my body was just locked. I thought I was gonna die. Like it just, I couldn't move anything. I had to get rushed to the hospital. Um, uh, elevated levels of uh, muscle breakdown, they call it CK levels, uh, creatine kidneys. And uh, yeah, they had to keep me overnight, monitor the levels that came down pretty quickly. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, when they saw me and they saw my moods go up and down, uh, like before practice, after practice, and during practice, they're like, you know what? We think it's more of a mental issue. We don't think it's really physical. So we were gonna prescribe you this severe anxiety, depression medication. Mm-hmm. I took and then Telefram, because the Effexor was too strong. for the physical pain, they gave me Celebrex, so. Bunch of stuff, man. They had me drugged up, but you know, right. it's it's cool, man. The psychiatrist, you know, he helped me talk me through some situations, but ultimately he couldn't do much.
0: So I'm like part of me, like you sparked my curiosity because I'm wondering how do you suffer from this trait or disease rather that's affecting your every single day life, not only from a physical standpoint, but a mental, which I would imagine combined is also impacting your emotional state, right? Like, how do you wake up and do what you have to do every day, not only just to, like, survive in life, but also to thrive in a professional sport? Like, how, like, I'm just thinking, like, the testament of mental, like, just strength that that has to take is, like, kind of, you know, I'm in awe of it, to be honest. So I'm just wondering, like, how do you get up every day? Like, what's going through your mind? when you have to push yourself, you have to wake up. And then, like, you mentioned something to me where you were in the middle of, like, a game and you would go around your play and then you come back to the bench and you're, like, exhausted, fatigued, and people are like, this dude's out of shape. But in reality, they don't know that you're suffering from this disease. Like, how do you get past that every day?
1: Well, oh, man, that's a big question. That's a great question, though. Um, You know, whenever you're going through it and you don't have much knowledge on it, it's, it's almost like, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So either you keep going or you just stop, right? Typically, people who don't know um, what a pain is because probably you know there's not a lot of research on it, you know. And at the time when I was going through it, the worst, I wasn't diagnosed, so they didn't know until later, right? Yeah. So yeah. That's,
0: so, what, really, so you think something was wrong with you?
1: Uh, I knew true. something was wrong with me, but then the doctor told me there was something wrong with my brain. Like no, there's nothing wrong with my brain. It was like, oh, we think it's a figment of your imagination. I that it's your brain tricking your body out oh yeah <laughs> that's a good verbatim that's what they said uh but wake it up you know for me it was like i had all these gifts like i started training like i told you earlier i started training at 11 years old like like a personal like a professional like athlete with a personal trainer wow. and uh by the time i hit 15 i could jump for the free throw line and dunk so i was like you know i'm faster and stronger than everyone
0: how tall were you at 15? 15, 6'5,
1: 6'4, 6'5". You're 6'5. Yeah. At six, 15 four, years old. Yeah. Uh, you know, really? Yeah, 6'4, 6'5. I stopped growing at 15, 16. Man. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like 6'5. I were like five. towering over everyone. Yeah, yeah. You know, I from 10, I was 5'3 at 10,
0: 13, 6'3. That's
1: crazy. Yeah. So I grew so fast, and and I was training on top of that, and I was doing a bunch of stuff. So yeah.
0: every week you had parents that were coming up here. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: That's crazy, man.
1: Yeah, but uh, you know, when you have this talent, you know, you definitely want to you want to guard it. Yeah. You, you don't want to let it go to waste. You don't want to squander your opportunity. So, so basically, I was like, you know, I don't care what I'm going through. Everyone else is suffering. Everyone else is going through some type of pain. What's the, what's my pain? Like, I don't care. Let me let me just keep pushing uh to the point where you know, it wasn't good to push, right? Um, but I would get myself up every day. You know, <laughs> I would have faith uh but you know in college it, it got to a point where you know, the coaches they were they would call me certain names They would use the i love the curse on the spot yeah that's fine yeah they would call me "pussy" and soft and, you know b word all that uh and you'll see that on my documentary that i have coming yeah. out soon too and um and i was like yo, oh, i'm not soft like i i grew up in the hood like like the hood like, like i'm not gonna lie i may not look or sound like i grew up in the hood but Yo, the first time I saw someone get shot, I was five years old, wow. in the head, die. Oh. Yeah, my cousin on the documentary, he'll he'll attest to it too. Yeah, so uh, I saw I saw people get shot and stabbed, and had a gun to my head when I was six years old. Uh, I saw a bunch of shit. So it was like knowing that I didn't want to go back to that. But I grew up in the '90s, though. The '90s, like right after the crack epidemic, like the height of it, in South Florida, Fort Myers, yeah. close to Miami. So those times don't exist anymore. Right, those times are in the past, but. Me seeing so much, I was like, "Nah, I'm pushing. I don't care. <laughs> like, I'm not going back to that. Like, no way. Like, I want, I want what's better in life. Yeah. I want to live out the country. I want to speak another language. I want to do a bunch of different things. I don't want to always be here. So I was like, like, nah, 'No, I don't care what I'm going through. But whatever I'm going towards is that much better than what I just went through.' So,
0: that's so what me out here. So you almost had. Uh, I-, I definitely hear a lot in your story of you being like avoidant of wanting to go back to your embracing your past right but not wanting to go back there so i think that, that was a motivator right absolutely but then like what was the vision that was really pulling you forward also because like a lot of people they're motivated by that push from behind from the past right uh not wanting to go back there but then even more so a lot of people are motivated by some type of vision for the future mm-hmm. so like what was that did you always see yourself being a professional athlete absolutely uh I mean, so, if you're training yeah. at a young age at 11, yeah. I mean, come on.
1: Well, well, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, I'm an at-risk kid. They want to take me off of the streets. Yeah. I'm not the best athlete at the time. You know, when I first started, I was pretty clumsy and yeah. I was weak. Didn't grow with a father. My uh, my dad's from Jamaica. Uh, he came to Miami to, to you know, get rich like everyone else was doing in the 80s. You know, selling that white stuff. Yeah, um, But, um... You know, so I grew up, you know, soft, you know, weak, more, more, more feminine, expressing my emotions more in a feminine way.
0: Because of being raised by a single mother.
1: By a single mother. Like she doesn't know better. She yeah. She's at work, you know, I'm by myself and I'm seeing how she responds to situations. Yeah. And thinking, oh, that's the way you respond. You know, there's nothing wrong with her or how women respond. It's just that we are held to a different standard. Yeah, of course. You know, we're bigger guys. We walk in a room with an attitude, prison time, right? Because you, because we're more threatening, right? So, um... So, so just g- growing up in those environments and wanting to get my mom out of that situation, and you know, wanting to see my family do better, possibly start businesses, and you know, just, you know, just seeing a bunch of effed up things in the neighborhood, I'm like, yeah, this can be easily fixed. Like, we can just put our put our heads down and just work. But some people just want to have fun. Me, I was like, I can sacrifice my fun until I get forty fifty. I don't wow. care about fun. I I can delay. Like, I don't care about instant gratification. I want delayed gratification. I want it to come 15, 20, 30 years later where I can sit back and say, oh, I built that, I did this, I helped that person. These people are not in that same situation because that happened and put that person there. So um, to me, it's it's me sacrificing my life and my time. Like, I don't care. I'll sacrifice the fun, the freedom. I'll sacrifice everything so that those around me can live better. Because I feel like some of us are chosen to be those people. Like, some of us are just chosen to be that trailblazer in the family. Sometimes they call them the black sheep, but typically the black sheep ends up being the one, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. As you were telling your story, like, I'm thinking to myself, like, I didn't grow up with a hard upbringing like that. You know, I didn't grow up in the hood. I had a great father. You know, I had a good father figure. I think every, every father tries their hardest, and a lot of them have flaws, but I think having that, like, male role model in the home mm-hmm. is just, like, so imperative for a lot of people, but it's not necessary, right? Absolutely. And I think that... Your story is just an indication of that. Like someone that still made it, they made it out, they were successful. You know, you've you know done well for yourself, and I'm sure your family. What are some things that you didn't have that you wish you had, and things that you want to provide, you know, for when you become that father?
1: Well, that's a great question, man. Uh, I feel like. You know, just doubling back on the question before I answer it, just because you're born in these situations doesn't mean, or not born in these situations, doesn't mean that you don't have anything slowing you down or any adversity sure, that to right. come. Because we all have, everybody, it. Like, I don't care. Yeah. You can be born with the cheat sheet, so to say, but when that experience calls for you to actually put forth effort or put forth character, well, then it's gonna reveal because it don't matter who you had there holding your hand. They're not holding your hands anymore. The training wheels are off. Yeah. Now you're having to balance yourself and stay stable in that bike, right? Um, I grew up around a bunch of uh, not, not only say a bunch a few, a few kids who, um, was probably even more affluent than you were like had money, but couldn't really handle the emotions because they didn't have parents there tending to the emotions. You see what I'm saying? So there's always another side of the coin. Like, I don't care who you are. So for me, I think I had it better by not having my dad there. I'm not going to lie. I won't say that. He's like, the worst person in the world, he's not a bad person at all. Yeah, It's just that he was so busy doing what he was doing. Like I wouldn't, yeah, he probably wouldn't have time for me anyway. So it was better off that, yeah. That,
0: you he probably wouldn't have wanted to go down that same road either. You know, I think, and the reason why I even asked this is such a yeah. random question, but um, you know, I've been speaking to a lot of men. Yeah. One of the things that this space, you know, doubles as as a group is basically a place where men can come and we, we meet once a month and we talk about things because I think a lot of men don't have an outlet right and so i like to provide that cuz i think that there's there's something in that for men mm-hmm. and so one of the things that i've noticed from some of the guys that are in the group is they're they either come from a broken family didn't have their father around or maybe they did and they didn't like the you know uh, type of influence that he was bringing to the table and so it's been like over and over again where that has been a big impact on certain choices that they made throughout their life and they're like i'm never going to be this type of man or i'm going to be this type of man you know, because I didn't have this round, or because I did. Right. And so I think more so my question is like in a self-development piece, I guess it's a double part question. So the first one would be, you know, what challenges do you think you went through as a result of not having that in your life? And then like, how do you think that that set you up for success?
1: Uh, So the challenges that I, that I think I had to face without having a father would first one being uh, understanding how to be stoic. Like I, I didn't know how to feel the emotion and express them in a healthy way. In a healthy way. Yeah. It was just, wow, you got to feel my pain. It's like, you really don't need to feel your pain. Like no one really cares at the end of the day, right? Wow. We only care if you're um, productive with it, Wow. All right. So uh, for me, you know, I didn't know how to channel my, my anger and do it the right way in a constructive manner. It was implicit. You know, I wanted to set everything on fire, right? Um, I had two anger management courses that I had to go to, you know, growing up as a kid, I had psychiatrists in college, the sickle cell stuff also. Um, not having a father and a provider there, like I didn't know what that looked like, right? I didn't know, you know, when I got with, you know, my ex-wife, what taking that extra step and making my wife feel happy by doing that little thing or doing things within her love language. Right, like I, I didn't know. Like I just thought that, hey, if I work, make money, you're happy. No, it's not. It. That's not it. Right. It's that's a core piece. Right. That's a, a piece. that that's the main. You know, part of the the menu. But those little things matter as well. Like so, I didn't know that. um, You know, I don't have a child yet, but it it made me not want to go down that path of having kids with uh, different women. Never been in that situation, never wanted to be in that situation because my dad had uh believe it or not, he had twenty-five kids. Shut up. <laughs> yes. You're kidding. Yes. He had twenty five kids? Listen, man. Yeah, I was in I went back to Jamaica in 2019. My grandmother passed and um the obituary. This man took up the whole page. Just his kid. Yeah. I'm like, no way. Uh, there's no way. Yeah. You know, back in the days, it was wild.
0: Are you like connected to all of them?
1: Some of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, so I'm one of 25. That's wild. Yeah. That's crazy. So, so I didn't want to be that guy, right? I wanted, you know, not saying I didn't have my fun yeah. and my fair share of, you know, situations, but I never really wanted to put, a woman in that situation where she had to take care of her kid alone and, and raise a kid, raise a boy. Uh, having a woman raise a boy in this life, it's like, not saying that it can't be done,
0: but yeah, that, that's, a, that's a- Well, it clearly can was, be done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it clearly can be done, but yeah, I I think that having that, you know, positive male role model in the picture is, is imperative, I think, you know, in today's day and age, especially for healthy men because not everybody went down the same path as you, right? Seeking help in order to I went to anger management myself, too, when I was a kid several times for several years. And I had a father in the home, you know, so I think like there's some people that realize, hey, I have to become better. I was given these cards. This is what I've got to play with. And I've got to play them the best way that I can. This is the best hand I've got. Right. And we all go through these roads where it's like negative things happen and we make wrong choices and we go down wrong paths. But then, you know, it takes like a real man to come back onto the path and be like, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is who I am. Um, and so, yeah, man, I, I think that like being who you are, having gone through what you've been through is super inspiring. And there's a lot of people, like I mentioned to you in the gym this morning, I'm like, there's a lot of people that are going through hard shit and they think that they're alone and they're not alone. Like we've all been through some really difficult shit. And there's like times where we've like, I mean, I personally, I've, I've been in relationships before where I was just like, I, I literally don't want to live. Yeah. And so to go from that mindset to pull yourself out, I know you've been down like some crazy things too in your personal journey. And like, I think if you could pull yourself out of that as a man, which is what our role is, like, that's a good leader, you know? And so, yeah, man, is there any of that that you want to touch on?
1: Oh no, definitely. Um, you know, my favorite, um, artist, um, Musical artist is uh, Bob Marley. Yeah. And one of his lines says, Every man thinks that his burden is the heaviest. Cause when you're going through it, you think that it's only you, right? Especially nowadays on social media. Everyone's smiling and it has all theory. <laughs> it's a theory. They're going on travel trips and it like they're going through it too. They're just not showing you that. They're showing you the highlights. Of course. Right? That like in basketball, you want to see the whole game. When you're scouting a player, you want to see the whole game. You don't want to see just the highlight, like the dunks, the passes, the alley oops. You want to see when there was a turnover. How did that did that guy move back and walk back down, or did he hustle his ass back down? You know, did he play defense? Was he was he clapping? Was he picking up his players? You want to see those small things, and that's life. That, that's a microcosm of life. How how do they handle the adversity when things are bad? I don't care who you are. I don't care how you were raised. Nobody has it perfect. I don't care, like you said, if. Whatever cards I'm dealt, I'm gonna play them. I'm gonna bluff the fuck out of this. But I'm
0: good. I was just thinking that, bro. i will be bluffing. I'm
1: gonna bluff the hell. I'm a bluff the hell out of it. But I'm gonna play these cards. I don't care. Yeah. Like who cares? Because at the end, it's like no one's gonna come save you. No one's gonna come help you. Nobody. You no, know, you're not gonna find. Just your... dealing with their own shit. Got to. You're not gonna find your match. You know, if if you know if you guys date women, you're not gonna find your match in a woman. If you're not gonna be the best you. Yeah. Right? Because if you're not the best you, you know, she's not gonna really want the worst. Is, right? Would you want the worst? Oh, absolutely not. Right? So 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 why would we expect for anyone else to want the worst? So uh, no, that, that adversity pieces everyone's going through it and still going through it. It's mountains beyond mountains. That's yeah, a right. book. Yeah, that that's a book. Mountains beyond mountains. No matter how far you go, how high you go, there's another mountain that's that you have to climb and go harder and go higher.
0: Right. And every season has a storm, man. Every season. And I don't care, like you said, it never ends. Ever, never ends. When we're 70, we're still going to have issues. You know, they might be different. They might not be financial. They might be emotional. You might have a loss. Like, we don't know what they're going to be. You know, but it's almost like that's what makes life so enjoyable is the unknown. And I think, you know, what you've done a great job of depicting and what I can truly appreciate is like diving into the unknown and the discomfort. Because I feel like, you know, I was taught, I went through a mentorship program and I was taught that comfort is the enemy of the king. Because anytime that you feel comfortable, like something's not happening, you're either still, you're going to get depressed, you're going to feel like stuck. You know, some people are working in the same job for 30 years and they're this is just their normal, they're comfortable. But there's no progression, there's no growth, there's only death in that. And so, I mean, every single stage of your story, every single stage of what you've been through and what you're still going through in this moment in time is just growth and it lives in the discomfort
1: i have something for that uh, i don't know if you guys uh follow or listen to a, a podcaster he his name is Rolla tomasi the rational male have you ever heard the rational I don't know, male I don't know. so he he's the rational male and he talks about how happiness is a transitory state like as you're going through the life as you're going that path that's when happiness it's not in a destination yeah it's not when you hey you know once i close that deal, I'm going to be happy. No, you should be happy while closing that deal. right? Or while you're on that road, on that path. Uh, and a lot of people who probably don't, I think they call it destination addiction. Mm-hmm. It's when you, when you hit that destination, then you're happy, but it's, you're really not happy mm-hmm. and, and, that, and that's fake. So typically you'll get to that, to a certain point, let's say you get 30, you have the kid, you have the wife, you have the big house. It's like, oh, well.
0: Now we need a bigger house. Yeah.
1: No, I'm sad because, you know, I I made that my happiness of getting it. Yeah. What about that work that it took that that was the happy part? You're requiring different skill sets while you're getting to what you want. Shouldn't shouldn't you be happy? Oh, I just learned that. Let me learn something else. Oh, my God, I can communicate better. I can talk to this. I can close that deal. Look how that works. Like how that piece fits here. And I feel like, yeah, you know, every day should be a happy state, not oh, by the summer when we go on this trip to Cabo, we're going to be happy then. Oh, we're happy getting to that point.
0: Awesome, man. It's a yeah, it's the journey, man. And dude, the journey is filled with so many roadblocks, so many roadblocks. Um, so I have a few questions for you though. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, so talk about yourself though. I know this is your show. I don't know if you talked to them previously, but where are you from, man? How was your life? You know, because you're a great guy too. You're giving me all these praises. Yeah. I got to give you praise yeah, back. Appreciate yeah. that, man.
0: Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm from Northern Virginia. Yep and not like outside DC, Northern Virginia. I'm from Northern, Northern Virginia, over the mountain. So, um, and I know you're from, v- or you went to VCU. So um, yeah, I'm from the most Northern tip of Virginia, which is a very, very country area. I was 10 minutes away from West Virginia, uh, which as you know, is notoriously racist <laughs> uh, I've heard in some parts. Randy really Moss, so, so that um, West Virginia. Some parts. And so, man, I grew up in like a really small, like at the time it was very, very small, couple of stoplights in the, in the town. I was bullied, picked on, made fun of. Like, it was hell going to school. Um, and so, yeah, man, I faced a lot of adversity. I was like a band geek. Um, I was always getting bullied by the the athletes, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was cool because I ended up kind of like eventually now I almost feel like I am athletic in a sense. Like, uh, <laughs> But um, it's crazy how things progress. And so, man, I like basically felt like not, nobody, like nothing, like most of my life. Um, and then I ended up going to college. Um, and so I met a really good friend of mine, still a friend of my day to this day. We went to, uh, he, he was like, oh, I live in the Bronx. Um, I live in New York and I was like, dude, I love New York. I've always wanted to go there. Yeah. And so he was like, yeah, I live in the Bronx. Like you can come home with me for the summer. And I was like, dude, I gotta go. Up to this point, I basically almost failed my way through life. Every class I had was an F. I was always doing the bare minimum. Every job I had, I was basically, like, teetering away from getting fired, doing whatever I had to do just to keep the job. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I was always on the bottom of the totem pole. And so I go to New York. Mind you, I'm on academic probation at the time at at my college. Um, And it's actually a miracle that I even got into college. Uh, That was thanks to my mother. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, man, I go to New York. Bro, my eye, it was like... It clicked. My eyes were opened. And I was like, wow, like... This is the world, bro. This is the city, the grit, the energy. I was just like, I'm in love with this place, man. And so I went back to Virginia. I was actually super sad. I was super emotional the whole train ride back home. And I was like, I do not want to go back to the shithole town. Like, I really don't want to be here. And I went back, and the whole time I was there, I just couldn't stop thinking about New York. I got to get back there. I got to get back there. Every single semester after that, I'm on the Dean's List. I've got, I'm president of my fraternity. I was a found, co-founder of our fraternity actually. Um, and so I was just like on a mission, like I had to get to New York. And so I got my series seven, my 66, I became a, uh, financial advisor. I'm like, I'm going to be a stockbroker. I'm going to be on wall street. Um, and so I get a job at, uh, a couple jobs at Edward Johns and Merrill Lynch and I hated it, bro. Hated it. I was just like, this is not for me, man. I hate this. This is bullshit. This is not what I signed up for. This isn't the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, man, I ended up, my boy was actually, he moved into the mortgage industry. He came down here to Miami. He was crushing it. And then um, I came down, bro, and it's it's been a hell of a journey down here. Like, I've been homeless. I've lived in a penthouse at the Icon. I've slept in my storage unit. I've slept in my car until they repossessed it. I went back into this most beautiful apartment in 900 Biscayne. I lived in a beautiful house in coconut grove. I was basically homeless again, sleeping on my friend's couch. Like I, w- I went through this crazy, crazy, emotional financial journey. That's like basically humbled me and given me like so much perspective on like, you could have something and it's gone tomorrow. So I think like the vision is huge. That fear of not wanting to go back is huge. I try to use all that every day to my like advantage somehow. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, I'm just here for the journey, bro. And like, I feel like there's a calling on my life and I ignored it for way too long in the pursuit of money, in the pursuit of Instagram followers, and in the pursuit of likes and all this stuff. And at the end of the day, none of that shit matters because when you're in a hard time, when you're sleeping on someone's couch, it's between you and the person on that couch. Nobody else gives a fuck. And it's like, you got to do what you got to do, man. And if you're pursuing something that's like a calling on your heart, it's crazy how things just come together, bro. Like we were talking about how I got a deal on the camera and I got a deal on the place and I got all these different things working in my favor. And that's because I decided, I don't give a fuck about the likes anymore. Like I just want to pursue my purpose, whatever that ends up being. And then I feel like God's kind of aligned everything in the meantime.
1: No, no, definitely. That's uh, that's powerful. Uh, by hearing you mention these things in your life, you know, it brought up some memories about my life And because, you know, we have to understand that Everyone's going through the ups and downs. And, you know, I feel like I haven't mentioned all of my ups and downs yet. So now you've mentioned you know for it, man. living homeless and the couch and the penthouse and, you know, the whole roller coaster is what you love, right? You love roller coasters. Yes. Um, you, know, um, you know, I went through my sickle cell situation. Um, when I, you know, I, I would barely practice, but I would still get in the game and get buckets. You know, I would score like nine, uh, 17 points in 19 minutes. D1. Wow. i go down to D2. Um... Could barely play. I would get an uh, IV before it game, an oxygen tank during the game. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would play four minutes, pull me out, play four minutes, pull me out. I started, you know, fixing my body through, um, like amino acids, citrulline, arginine, for nitric oxide, um, endothelial function for the, for the blood flow. Yeah, yeah. Um, beta-alanine, L-carnitine for, NO two uh, NO2 max. I mean, VO2 max, um, buffering the, um, the like to asset and i fixed my situation i could play more minutes i could practice more Then i go to spain doing pretty good average like 14 points you know a couple rebounds a game about eight rebounds two months later uh i'm gonna fill with the Jacksonville jaguars i'm like man i just was playing professional sports because back in college when before i transferred to the second school the doctor's were like lance if i were you i would never play sports again with it, your body he told him. Yeah. He was like, if I were you, like, you know, I would never play sports because this could be, you could place yourself in grave danger. I'm like, yeah, I was built for this. I don't care what you say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't care. Yeah. So uh, I go to Spain, doing pretty good, but we're practicing twice a day now. I'm not used to that. I'm used to barely practicing once a day. Wow. So I'm like, ah, I can't do this. Go out for the Jacksonville Jaguars, catch a one-handed pass. yeah, crazy. Right? Because I'm- a, and you just transitioned. Trans- in two months. Two months from one sport to the other. Two months—that's all they gave me. Two months. That's crazy. Uh, and you know, come end of the the mini camp, I'm like, oh, I'm about to sign. I got the crown height. I'm signing autographs. I'm like, oh, let's go. That that in the bank right now. Coach is like, lads, we like you, but uh, yeah, you haven't been playing long enough. You know, you don't really know the plays. You don't know certain things. You're you're very athletic. You can catch. But, you know, you can come back next year, you know, when you have more developed, also known as, hey, play arena football or something else. They only pay like 30, 30K, 40K. I'm not trying to get hurt for that. So I, I quit that. I'm like, okay, let me, let me really figure this sickle cell stuff out to the point where it doesn't bother me at all, where I can play, practice twice a day. So I took five years off. And in between that time, right after I left the Jags, a month later, I was working at Enterprise Rental Car. No. I went from possibly signing million dollars checks no. to make it 1330 a week, uh, an
0: hour. Yeah. Were you in the management training program?
1: Yeah, I, I was, was, too. Uh, you were, too? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yo, yo, I'm not going to lie. The enterprise? Yo. Put my sales skills on the mat.
0: Yeah. Uh, trying to sell that CDW. <laughs> Slanging
1: damage waiver. Slanging it every day, full box. That was <laughs> wild, bro. So listen, man. Listen, listen. I, I I experience highs and lows like everybody else, man. Now, you know, I, I have a company, Captain Planet, uh, Easy Herbals are uh subsidiary. You know, we're we're pulling in five figures every month now. So we, we, we're 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 doing we're we're doing we're doing a good job, but like we've all been through it, man. I was sleeping on someone's couch when I was working at Enterprise. Like, yeah, really though, it, it was tough. Um, you know, just just having like in your brain knowing. I was at this peak in my life now i'm in the hole like i didn't do anything bad to anyone like i didn't mismanage money it's just that i didn't get the opportunity and i put all my chips on that one opportunity and it didn't stack up right so it's not like you know you end up in these situations because you're a bad person it's just that that's just not how life was cut out that wasn't in your cards right uh but no, that that brought up a a story in, uh, in my mind, my life story. So I had to feel like I had to talk about that. Yeah, no, I appreciate you doing that. Yeah, but uh, just to double back as well, I did have my uncle in my life um, growing up, but he had like 12 kids. So he would give me some time, wow. but he had other kids as well, right? Wow. So I, was, I had to share time with him and figure some stuff out. Uh, also, my mom had a friend who was Jamaican as well. So I stayed close to my Jamaican roots through him. And his mom would give me certain you know, supplements and herbs and stuff. Um, back when I was a kid, I was like nine or eight or something like that. But he would, you know, he had his own life, had kids, and his girlfriends and stuff too. But the same herbs his mom used to give me, I now sell now in my products. Oh. Yeah, say yeah. full circle. Bro, that's amazing. Full circle. I, herbal supplements.
0: And so you, yeah. you're you're full vegan. Full vegan, right? full vegan. Full vegan. And that's crazy to me because, um, bro, when I when I see you at the gym, I'm like, bro, this guy's huge. Like this guy has big, and I know you You were like, I've been bigger before, yeah. right? But I'm like, dude, how is this dude big like this? And it's crazy, because I went to the yellow Green farmer's market in Hollywood, Um, uh, it was probably like a year and a half ago. And I was talking to this dude, and I was like really big at the time. And I was like, he was like, oh, you need to go vegan. Cause like, I could tell by your skin and this and that, like you, you're not healthy. And I was like, what man, look at me. Like, what are you talking about? I'm not healthy. And he was like, I could tell. And he was like, you should really talk to my boy, Lance. Like this dude is huge and he eats like a watermelon a day and then i was like really who is this guy and then it just so happened that we i was like oh i see this dude he goes to my gym and um yeah man that's that's such a small world but like how has that journey been for you and like obviously it's working and then what was that impact on like the sickle cell did that is that really what kind of made you turn the corner yeah or was that part of the journey like what happened
1: that that was part of the part of the journey. Uh, it helped me turn the corner.
0: So like other things weren't working, and then you switched to being vegan. Is that what happened?
1: Or... Yeah. So so in the beginning, it was more supplements. Like you know, I started understanding amino acids, biology, and whatnot. You know, myoglobin, hemoglobin, endothelial function, nitric oxide, and all that stuff. So I didn't have the knowledge of nature then, um, you know. And it it worked. You know, the synthetics work to a degree, right? Yeah. It's always a Plus, then there's a minus. It's like, what are the minuses, right? I was probably a plus one. I want to be like plus ten. Wow, right? That's how health is. Health is, you know, rated by plus a plus minus. This is not an absolute, right? But the thing was is that uh, who you were speaking with was was Reggie, by the way, yeah. Reggie from Vegan. Like, that's my guy, man. Shout out Reggie. That's my that's my guy. Um, it, it it helped me a lot because for some reason my body does better on plants, right? Um. I don't know, do you know who Charles Poliquin is? I don't. So Charles Poliquin is a um, guy who, he trained a bunch of Olympians. And uh, even he would say, you know, my, my athletes who have genetics that are closer from the equator do better off carbs, right? And I'm like, whoa, who is this guy? Like that's my life story. Like I talk about that because I had to understand how genetics work. And I'm looking, I'm like, well, the reason why people have a wide nostril because their their ancestors are from regions or from that are has a lot of humidity. If it's short, it's from like uh, it's like heat and humidity. If the hair stands up, grows away from the neck, that their ancestors are from the tropics, right? Because the neck has to be exposed so it can cool off the break the uh-huh. blood going up and down the neck, right? And the skin is darker because it has to filter out some of that light because of the light. So yeah. when your nose is narrow, you have to heat up the blood before it enters the body, right? Uh, if the hair drops to cover the neck, it has to insulate the neck, keep it warm in the cold. And the skin is light, so you can pull in as much light as possible to create vitamin D. So I'm like, if that is true, aren't plants more plentiful near the equator? So my body should kind of do better. So when, I, so when you said I eat a watermelon a day, so watermelon has uh, citrulline. Citrulline is a precursor to arginine, which is a precursor to nitric oxide that creates bluff blood flow. So if you ever like take a pre-workout, look at the back of it. It's yeah, like nitrate, outside. Yeah, yeah. citrulline or arginine or some shit. Like I used to take like citrulline malate. Yeah. It, yeah. And um, so basically everything I was doing synthetically was already in the fruit, in the in like or you like the greens, like the nitrates in uh, Arula watercress. You know, nitrates deplete uh, NO3 nitrates, deplete the NO2 nitrites, and it and it um it's in the skin, uh, epidermis and dermis, and UVA lights because you no, know, the the sun is made up of three three rays, UVA, UVB, UVC. The UVA releases it and creates it tonight, converts to nitric oxide. So I'm like, all I need is plants. So that's why Popeye in the Saint Louis was drinking all the greens and eating the greens before he went to fight or something. And um, that that vegan piece really worked for me. Like I'm not saying it it may work for everybody. Yeah. But for me, oh, it feels like I'm 12 again. Where I feel like a child. I feel like a kid. Wow! Like before, I was just so much pain. I look about ten years older. Wow! If you look at a picture of me at tw- at twenty three compared to me now at thirty three, what the? F- how do you look so much younger? Wow! I sunbathe. Uh, that's a that's probably that's Your probably two thirds bath- of my diet sunbathing because the skin is a mouth. Although we're under synthetic light right now, we have to now during the middle of the day sunbathe when the sun's at its peak, it's called the lunar noon. It may be at 12 or it may be at one depending on the time of the year. But um, no, sunbathing is probably two thirds of my diet. Then I would say vegan after that help me, right? Yeah. When you say a part of your diet. Yeah, so sunbathing, man, light hitting your skin. There's there's vitamin D receptors, there's light receptors all over your body. Wow. So if you can't sleep at night, wake up in the morning, look at the sun for the first 15 minutes. You're gonna to go to sleep at night because that's creating serotonin. Serotonin is a precursor for melatonin. Wow. You blacking out the room, turn off the TVs and don't watch your phone, or probably put the uh, the, uh, the the night mode to block yeah. it out, or wear some blue light blockers. Good, you'll go straight to sleep. A lot of people do suffer from you know
0: yeah, yeah, having insomnia, yeah.
1: a yeah. um, bunch of weight issues, mental issues. Uh, I know a lot of people who live above the 35th parallel which Virginia is above, above the 35th parallel. It's very close to that Ma- that Macy Dixon line. Yeah, um, They suffer from a uh, sad seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, yeah, because not enough light.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, typically. Uh, I've always wondered, like, people that are, is there a higher depression rate in, like, Washington State, for instance? Like, Seattle's, like, always gloomy, <laughs> you know?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, back in the days, they had a bunch of rickets issues. So, like, you know, people with bow legs, the legs are bow. That's because without the sun, you can't create enough um, calcium. You, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ca- calcium phosphorus. So you become bow legged. You know, especially you know when you're newborns or whatnot. So yeah, man, it's it's a big issue, and that was part of my issue. I was
0: vitamin D deficient. I was sunlight deficient. So my doctor told me I'm vitamin D deficient, and they tried to give me like injectable vitamin D. And I was messing with that for a while, but you know what's crazy? Yes, was yesterday. It was yesterday and the day before I did the sunbathing because you, you told me about that. Both nights I was like out. Out. Yeah. Quick. Out.
1: Fast. Out. Testosterone levels shoot through the roof. Yeah. What? Vitamin D, the sun, and te- sleep, sun, and diet, and exercise. So let's say if you're doing like hit high intensity, jump training, plyometrics.
0: Yeah, So saw you doing those this morning.
1: You'd be rocked up year round. I swear. What? Look at an NFL guy. Dang Look man. at a sprinter. They just rocked up because they're doing the sprints they're outside yeah yeah that stuff's powerful that's awesome man Mm -hmm. but that's but yeah so i would say sunbathing two-thirds of my diet the other one-third the vegan diet is what helped the sunbathing. you know and you know you guys gotta look into that it's called heliotherapy you gotta look into that it's called heliotherapy so um you know it depends on you know skin complexion you know if you're you know have pheomelanin or eumelanin that's the Field is the yellow, yellow, pinkish skin tone. Uh, the eumelanin is like the, you know, if your skin can turn brown. Yeah. Right. That's eumelanin. So, you would have to know where you're at, where you live at, the altitude, to to sunbathe. You know, I'll start talking about that more on my page. Yeah. But that does very specific specific to the specific person, because me and you, you you may need to be out there right now for forty five minutes. I may have to be out there for an hour and a half. Yeah. You know. Same sun, same same latitude, same altitude, but my skin's darker. Yeah. Right? But.
0: Wow, that's amazing, man. Thanks. <laughs> you got all the hacks. Listen. Well, this man. is all from experience. I mean, you had to put in the work. It was personal for you.
1: 12 years. Wow. It took me 12 years how to, uh, to figure out how to versus and concentrate. 12 years. I wish I knew now what I knew at 18. I'll be ducking on everybody right now on TV. See yep. got yet. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what what's really like the next step for you as far as like because I'm just thinking, like just hearing your story and that statement that you just said, if I had known this at 18, I'd be dunking on everybody. Like bro, there's so much power to create impact in that, like to change people's lives. And uh, man, I I'm interested to see where that vision is.
1: Yeah, next step. uh, See, the thing is, you got to change people's subconscious mind first before you change, have any impact, right? You, you have to, does they have to believe it? They have to believe it and they have to see it. They have to, like the fact that you went to New York and saw an environment, you're like, oh, what? I, I like this. This looks good. I feel it. Well, how do I do it? How do I get there? I'm willing to do whatever. Whenever you see someone go through something and you're like, well, what type of work they put in? Well, oh, 10,000 hours. I call that the, the level of mastery. Oh, that's all I gotta do. I gotta put in twelve thousand hours, ten thousand hours. I'll do it. What do I have to do? Show me the books, right? It's so that Until you see that end of the the end of the tunnel, that light, then that's when you're like, you know what? I'll put the work in. I'll do it. I'll figure it out. I'll get it done. Cause that's what I want. And I want to be that beacon, that beacon. And I want to be um, that example to hopefully get people to want that because. We we have so many temptations when it comes to food and dietary sure. situations, right? We, you know, we have McDonald's and you know they they beat us, Gatorade, all this stuff, Powerade. They've beaten us. Like if you want to be healthy, imagine me coming in. Hey, don't take that pill. What are you talking about? That's what I've been known to do. My mom does it. My grandmother does it. Everybody around me does it. My teacher does it. My even my doctor takes yeah. pills. And I'm not so ingrained
0: through the marketing and branding of the companies.
1: That's it. Like how do I how do I fight that? Well. I want to be the testimony. I want to be the living truth of what I do. And the thing is, is that I am, right? So when you see my documentary, these are real people talking. Like, I didn't pay any of these people. Yeah, They knew my life story. They saw me living it. You know, NBA players, coaches who've gotten players to the NBA, they saw it, right? I didn't make up one thing. If anything, I didn't tell enough. They know know more than I do because they saw me going through it, and it's kind of blacked out in my memory. Yeah, of course. I try to forget that stuff because I feel like sometimes remembering things that happened to you bad will hold you back sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so I
0: say forget Sometimes fact, yeah, we don't even like consciously know that we've forgotten it. It's like our subconscious is trying to protect us from an incident or event.
1: Or our subconscious is trying to push us towards greatness.
0: Yeah. You could go back to <laughs> your 18-year-old self. You said like, if I knew all this stuff at 18, like I would be dunking on people, I would be winning, you know, like if you go back to the 18-year-old boy, what would you tell him?
1: Uh, I fail early, often, learn absorb read everything talk to everyone just get as much knowledge as possible right because you know the more interactions you have you know as a man um you know the more interactions you have the more you learn about life because you can only learn through understanding people how to talk and understanding mannerisms and characteristics and that's the only way we can learn like those 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 soft skills those are those intangibles right um because you know you people treat you based on you know how you present yourself and how you act and how you speak and what you do and the way you learn that is through those interactions so i would say just interact with the world don't don't sit in your room and play video games all day guys like it's cool you know it's good for the brain it's a good brain exercise but get out speak interact sell uh you know gain experience it's just experience like when you go to a, a job and you hand them your resume and they say okay well he went to this school he has this many accolades but how many years of experience do you have oh none all right cool we'll send you uh we'll, we'll be reaching out to you soon the next person how much years of experience do you have 10 20 years of experience you know some stuff you know you know the nuances of life because you have experience with it. Experience, travel, get outside of your comfort zone, right? Uh, if you have an opportunity to go to another country, go to another country, because that'll expand your vision cone, your yeah. your um, experience cone, right? Absolutely. Because uh, yeah. you think it's one way, but you go to another country, you're like, that works. It's not the same way I do it, but that kind of, it's kind of cool, right? And um, like now, like I live in Miami, I can speak Spanish to anybody walking down the street. And they're looking at me like, how do you speak Spanish? Well, I lived in Spain for two years. So I had to, I picked it up because of yeah. the experience because I couldn't, I went to Spain the first time. <laughs> you know, I'm from Florida, but <clears throat> I didn't really know Spanish like that. Went to Spain the first time. Tried to order some food. Failed miserably. Went home mad, hungry. No. Came back the next day, ordered the whole menu in Spanish. <laughs> next day. Next day bad, angry. That's an experience. Wow. I failed. I was hungry. I got better. You know, that's that deprivation for super compensation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. You deprive yourself to compensate later. So fail early, often look stupid, look bad, look terrible. Be embarrassed. Make the mistakes. Make the mistakes. Fail forward. Fail forward. What? You want to not, you want to look pretty? You want to not. Have, has a baby? Ever say, you know what, I'm gonna not try to stand and walk. I'm just gonna crawl the rest of my life because I don't want to, you know, face the embarrassment of walking and falling on my face. Oh, you get up, You get up, and you keep going. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing, you know, that 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 kind of paralyzed me as a kid. Like I was, like, oh, I don't want to, th- I want you know, I don't want people laughing at me. My they, life, they're gonna yeah, call me that. a geek and a nerd, and I don't care. Listen, be cool. Like cool, cool is learning, cool is failing. That is cool. Looking good all the time, that is that is not cool, man. That's you're putting on the front. Yeah. You're lying to the people. No one should follow you. Oh, no, we, we're failing over here. We're failing, we're failing forward over here, and we're doing it the right way. Uh, this, this is this is an accumulation of failures that you're looking at.
0: Time. <laughs> I mean, we just had all three cameras fail <laughs> on the first episode, but this is a learning experience. Did know? we cry about it? No, I'm going to figure out what the hell happened, and it's never going to happen again, right?
1: When milk spills, do you cry or do you wipe it up? Because someone taught you, hey, it's not a big deal. Just wipe it yeah. up. Pour you some more.
0: That's it. It's life. It's true, man. Yeah. Damn, well, failing forward, bro, there's something to be said for that. Always fail, 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 fail. I think I would tell my myself the same. You know what? One of the things I would tell myself for sure, now that you mention it, the fear of being picked on, the fear of being bullied, I think because I went through that as a kid, like I always had that. And I ended up like getting perfectionism as like a disorder almost. Like I'm not going to do it unless I can do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. So then I lost out on a lot of opportunities because... I could have done it and I didn't, or I didn't release it, or I didn't post it, or I didn't do this. And like, by you not doing that, how many people are you depriving? Yes. How many people could be impacted by your voice? How many people could be impacted by one move, one mistake, something that you did and put out there, and you just deprived someone else's experience? So Some people like me tend to have to learn through experience and failure because we're not great at looking at other people's mistakes and be like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. But there's a lot of people out there that actually are good at that, of being like, yo, this person made that mistake. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And so you've now deprived someone of the opportunity to learn from the mistake that you've made because you were afraid of what other people would think or the judgment. Um, and so, I mean, that's something that I've dealt with my whole life.
1: Yeah, that, you know, one thing uh, you know, that you brought that up, one thing that you know, brings back to my memory, one of the things I like to talk about is, um, one of the things I like to say is, you know, God punishes you for not being you you hiding who you are to the world is punishing you he's like giving you your blessings that you, they're there for you but you you hid you hid from it wow you, you you're I, I just gave you everything i gave you all these skills and you didn't want to use it you, know, you knew you were naturally good at that why didn't you you know why, why did not you craft that why didn't you polish that skill i gave you that for a reason and you're just gonna like squander it wow what yeah, I wish I should have gave it to that person.
0: Dude, you're literally saying <laughs> right now. There was there's a book, uh, there's a story in the Bible. Yeah, um, like the the parable of the talents, and it's like the master who's got he gives these talents to his servants, and then he goes away for a long trip, and one of the servants he like triples it while he's gone. He's flipping the bag, he's making it back, and he triples the like investment that he was given the talent. Right, um, the other servant, you know, he doubles it. He doesn't triple it, but he doubles it. And then the third guy he goes and he buries it and so when the when the master comes back he's like tell me what you did with my talents that i gave you right and so the first one comes up and he's like dude i tripled it i tripled it for you You gave me this i got you this and so he's like well done great that's a great servant and then the guy that doubled it he's like look i doubled it for you the third guy was like you know I, i was afraid i know that you're like a very like you're a strong master you're someone that judges people and I didn't want to lose what you gave me so I just hit it over here but here I, I'm giving it back to you I still have what you gave me no. and he was just like you're wicked you're wretched get out of my sight yeah. take what he had and give it to the guy that tripled it so he took what the guy had and he gave it to the guy that tripled it and like that's just a story of like when we're given something by God like bro it is like a sin not to use it it's a sin not to produce something with it
1: it is blasphemous. Yeah, like you're you're just I don't know if you believe in God or the universe or spirit, whatever, but you're disobeying whatever created you, yeah. and gave you those natural knacks for a reason. Yeah. You don't get natural knacks just for no reason. Like you're typically you you you, you gravitate towards certain things and certain skill sets because they're your predisposition to have those, right? And uh, yeah, man, a lot of people do squander it because of like you say, you know, you didn't want to be picked on, or me yeah, I, I didn't want to look bad. Like I didn't want to, you know, I was too shy. I didn't want to speak and people were going to laugh at me. Who cares? Who cares? You gonna, if you do something or if you don't do it, they're going to say something regardless. Yeah. People are going to say something bad about you. If you do it, I did that. If you don't do it, I,
0: well, all right. Cool. Stop caring.
1: I face scrutiny regardless, but I, I'm much. I would much rather face scrutiny putting people around me in a better position. I can take that. I can't face scrutiny of 50 years old, 60 years old. Damn, I should have did this. Damn, I should have invested that money. That little 200, I should have put that there. I could have quadrupled. That little, I don't know, little effort I should have put in, I put in 10%. I should have put in 60%. So you, you're just waking up, putting in half effort. Why not put in 100% effort and go to sleep at night knowing, hey, you know, I'm exhausted. do I'm done. Put it all in. I put it all in. Well, maybe then you can sleep eight hours a night. That's probably why you're not sleeping eight hours. Because you still got so much in the tank. It's like, bro, I still want to go. That's why you can only sleep three hours. Not necessarily you, but certain people. That's that's true. Yeah, that's why you can only sleep two hours. You're living up to your full potential. (laughs) Your body's like, bro, I gave you that much energy? Your your health meter, uh, you know, you play like Street Fighter and stuff, you got a health meter. Your health meter's still full, bro. That's why you can't sleep eight hours.
0: You don't need to sleep. At, <laughs> you need to, you sleep. need to be working. <laughs> need to be getting after the bag. Man, that's crazy. And you know what that really brings me into is like, bro. I couldn't sleep for like a year yeah. because I wasn't pursuing my dreams. Yeah. I wasn't pursuing my purpose. I was working some like, bro. I was making good money. Yeah. I was making great money. Yeah. But like, you can make a million, two million, three million a year. And if you're not pursuing purpose, if you're not giving it your all, if you're not all out on that field, like you were like, bro, you had every reason to quit. You had every reason to give up. You're getting blood transfusions on the field. You're getting an oxygen mask in your face. You know, we are about to go run plays. You have every reason to give up, but you still gave it your all. And I like, bro, that's just a testimony to like what we're meant to do. We are meant to give it our all, never give up, put it all out on the field. And like, as men, it is our duty to live life in that mindset. For ourselves, for our spouse, for our children, for our parents, like we got to put it all out in the field, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyone, anyone, that, and
1: anyone that doesn't do that, oh man, I hope God has you know some forgiveness for you, man, because yeah, you're just wasting wasting air, energy, breaths, you know, every single thing is just a waste. And I don't want to, I don't want to sound harsh to people. But how would you feel if you invested your money into something, and it was supposed to have a, a certain return, ROI, and you're like, well, well, why didn't it do what it was supposed to do? That's like what you're doing. Where's, where's your ROI? Bro? Like I put you here, like give me a return on my investment. I should have let that other egg in that in that in that sack be born instead of you. Like that other sperm get to that egg, and,
0: right? So well, that's like a that's a harsh reality that a lot of people need. And I, I think there's a lot of people that'll be like upset with that. You know what I'm saying? And that's okay. In the beginning. Yeah.
1: That's cognitive dissonance though. Because yeah. in the beginning they won't understand it, but then they'll be like, you know what? I am supposed to do my best every single day. Because if I'm not doing it my best every single day, it's like, what's the other purpose of living? Like, well, what do you want to do? You just want to sit there and do nothing? Like that's fun for you?
0: I have been there. I've been there. I've done that. Yeah. And like in that doing nothing, bro, it is so depressing. Yeah. Especially if you are a man or a woman that is destined for something. Yeah. Like when you're not living in it, bro, the the depression and anxiety that comes from not living out your purpose or not pursuing your vision is horrifying. I have been depressed. I've been suicidal in the wrong relationship. I've been in the lowest of lows and in that moment it was only the pursuit of what i felt like i needed to do at the moment that pulled me out of that emotional situation like i feel like you know and i'm not knocking depression because i think a lot of people are you know dealing with clinical depression but i do think that there is some type of correlation between depression and not pursuing your purpose and there's so many people in today's society that do not know what their purpose is they don't know why they're here they're completely lost with the bullshit that's happening in society and they they don't know what's going on. They don't know what's going on and it it's sad. And I think helping people wake up from that is something that we're meant to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So like you say, like I said earlier, like um um Rolo Tomasi says, happiness is a transitory state. And it's typically when you're chasing greatness. Your greatness. I don't know where your greatness is, but I know you got it. You know, yeah. everybody that you come across, I don't care who they are. Homeless guy, they got some type of greatness in that. There's, there's some greatness there, um, but yeah, you know, you said it beautifully. You know, whenever you're you're not chasing the goal, so typically a lot of people. Well, so let's just talk about it. let's talk about the stats. You know, and me personally, this is just me giving a an opinion. Yeah. Right, not saying that it's factual. You know, you know, I shouldn't be condemned for an opinion, but men are four times more likely to go through with suicide, right? Why are men in such suicidal state today? Much more than women, right? Not saying that we're trying to compare them, but why are men in that situation? Could it be because of what you just said? Not chasing greatness? I think it has a large part of that. or not teaching men that, listen, your happiness will rely on your greatness. Not, hey, just be a good guy and that in the world should just give you everything. No, you're going to be a good guy. Plus, you've got to put work in. Yeah, You've got to produce. Like anything that you see, this watch, my Garmin, it has a GPS on it and it tells me how long I sleep, my rim, my, this was produced by somebody. Somebody put in great work for this. This shirt was produced by somebody. Necklace, this road mic, all the, this was all produced by somebody. People put a lot of work in on every single thing that we have around us. This, every single thing you see in this, in this, in this, this frame was produced by somebody. What are you producing? What are you producing? producing? The haircuts we get—somebody's doing some type of work—and you're sitting over there doing a monotonous job that you absolutely hate. Listen, man, there's, there's a—you know—would, would you much rather live in a, in a state of not figuring out how good you can be at something, or just, well, make a lot of money and you know, just you know, push buttons and go home and have my wife not be in love with me because she doesn't see somebody actually chasing that goal and chasing that dream. Like I, I I want to live like a warrior, man. I don't want to, I want to live like, like, hey, clap for me because you know I did my best job and I'm coming home happy with a smile on my face. Like, yeah, I got it done. Cause I'm good at what I want to be good at. Yeah. So no, nah, I don't think everyone's been for a nine to five. You know, that's the ultimately what I'm trying to get to.
0: Oh, I couldn't, <laughs> I saw. Bro, I've never been more miserable in my life yeah. than in two situations. One, a relationship I should not have been in. And two, in a position slash job that I should not have been in.
1: Why why do you think you were in that relationship that you shouldn't have been in? Like, what kept you there? I think that's a question a lot of guys need, though. Uh, An answer that a lot of guys need questions for the answer. What kept you in that situation? And why did you stay there?
0: Bro, I've done 12 months of therapy. I've done a lot of work. Not only therapy, but I go to retreat centers, breath work. I've done a lot of personal development work in order to answer that question. Mm -hmm. And I'm comfortable and confident enough to now answer that, bro, I did not love myself at all. I hated myself. I didn't think that I was worthy. I thought that I was unworthy of success. I thought I was unworthy of love. I thought I was unworthy of becoming anything greater than somebody's bitch. And that's what I was in that relationship. I was somebody's bitch. And I allowed that to happen because I did not love myself enough to be like, stand up for myself, say fuck you and walk away. Right? Or like, just walk
1: away, you know how to just walk say, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You didn't have to exactly. go, back just and, you didn't gotta go back and forth, man. You had to
0: double. And so man, yeah, I think, you know, I did a lot of work to uncover the fact that like I stayed in a place that I shouldn't have. First of all, I got into a relationship that I shouldn't have gotten into because I didn't see the signs, right? I also, I think a lot of us, we get into relationships with people that we subconsciously are comfortable with. So I think a lot of people, they'll notice like, oh, I date the same person over and over again. It's just a different face, but it's the same person, right? Or the same situation, or a a woman will go from one abusive guy to another abusive guy to another one. And they're like, I don't understand what's happening. Well, they're actually just looking for the same person over and over again, which is technically and typically either a representation of their mother or their father. Oh, I keep dating a guy that leaves me all the time. Oh, well her father left her when she was 3. I keep finding a guy that's going to beat me up. Well, so and so beat up someone and I saw that as a kid and now there's childhood trauma that we have not dealt with and our subconscious has pushed that into a deep dark place that we can't see. And so we're subconsciously we're we're consciously living through subconscious events that have happened. And so, like, I did a lot of shadow work to uncover things that have happened in my childhood that made me keep getting into relationships with the same type of woman over and over again, allowing me to take certain things. Like, it's not a coincidence that I was bullied my whole life growing up, I'm bullied at the the workplace, and then I get into a relationship where the woman is bullying me. Like, that was not a coincidence. Now I'm in a fantastic relationship with a woman who friggin' loves me. And like, bro, it's night and day because I've done the work to realize like what happened and how to get myself out of that situation. And the whole answer was self-love. But it was uncovering like the darkness that like lived within the shadow of my subconscious and doing shadow work and breath work to pull out of that so that I could realize like, bro, I am fucking worthy. I am fucking good enough. I deserve success. I deserve uh to find an inspiring career. I deserve to be in a relationship with a woman who loves me. I deserve all of these things because I am a good person, you know? And so it took me going through those hard times in order to uncover that about myself, but again, like you said, I had to put in the work. I had to put in the work. Nobody gave that mindset to me. Somebody gave me the tools and the keys to be able to uncover it. Right. But I still had to put in work. I still had to pay money. I still had to spend time and like. Yeah, I mean, to answer your question, that was a super long-winded answer. But, you know, at the end of the day, it just comes down to, like, self-love, man. If you love yourself, you're not going to put up with bullshit that you don't deserve.
1: You know, I think people need to hear that that long-winded answer uh, because they got to understand the nuances behind everything you went through because right now they see the finished product. And they're thinking, oh, my God, this guy has all this stuff. You know, who is he? What? You know, he just had his life easy. Nah, not really, right? Um, but, you know... Doubling back on that on that answer you just gave, uh, which was a beautiful answer. So you're not afraid of asking for help or getting help? Wait, was that a was that a, a barrier for you? Do you okay. think it's a barrier for most people though?
0: I think it is. I needed help. I was in a dark place. I was in a really dark place, and I was like, if I don't get help, like this is not going to end well.
1: So you didn't feel weak by getting help?
0: I think I was already so weak and beaten down by being in it. That like, I was just reaching out for a lifeline, bro. I was just like, I need somebody because I am aware enough that this ain't going down right. <laughs> like something's not, not working. Um, and man, my business was suffering. Um, it's so funny. I actually heard a quote from a good friend of mine. He said, uh, your business doesn't have problems. Your Your personal life has problems that are bleeding into your business. Mm-hmm. And that was true, man. My personal life was bleeding into my business. My business was going south. Things were just not working out for me. And like bro i needed help and so i reached out to everybody and in my search i found a center actually in homestead that does a lot of this childhood reparenting breath work shadow work like all these different things to like uncover childhood trauma and things that we've been through in order to heal from it uh well first of all to acknowledge it because you have to acknowledge that it that it happened and then you have to heal from it you have to forgive you have to accept it and like basically move on and through that you can start to pinpoint things. You could be like, oh, you know what that, that person, I've seen this before. Like I'm going to stay away from this or I'm going to set boundaries. You're not going to speak to me that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And those those are things I never did before.
1: You draw the line in his head.
0: Yeah. No,
1: you're not doing this. This is my, you're not going to, no, you, I won't allow you to do, you don't have to respect me, but you're definitely not going to disrespect exactly. me. Exactly. You're just going to keep it neutral. And you're going to keep it walking. Cause as many you do, See you later. Got to go. You're out of my mind. Out. I'm gone. I don't have to go. I'm not going to go back and forth with you. I'm not going to argue with you. We're grown men. I'm not going to argue or fight with you because if I argue and fight with you, I can lose everything I have. So why would we fight, right? Why would we do? Why would we act on violence? No, we're moving smart. We're making money. We're having fun and we're going home and we're enjoying our family. That's it. Amen. That's it. Everything else is like, what? What do you want to do? All right, yeah. Grow up a little bit, and then we can talk. <laughs> you know what I mean. Grow up, but find something that you're good at and that you're, you're not willing to lose. Now become my friend. I'll 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 refriend people once they find something that they that they don't want to lose, that they want to hold on to, that they hadn't before. You can be my friend again after you find that, because once you find that, you'll never jeopardize your
0: life or mine. Wow. Yeah, there's nothing scarier than a man that has nothing to lose. Nothing scarier. Nothing. Nothing. Or, or a man that can't control his emotions.
1: Vicious man. Vicious. That's a weak man. A weak man. That's a coward. Like, find something you love, right? Yeah. And you guard it and you keep it. It can be a skill set. It can be a family. It can Something. Find it. It can be yourself. <laughs> Forget everything else. Find love yourself first. Because if you love yourself, you're not gonna put up with BS, You're not like you said. You're not gonna. What you say? What? All right. Adios. Bye. <laughs> you know but um but no man that's beautiful man people got to hear that and i'm just so happy that you you're putting together a podcast where people can come on and share their life stories and pay it forward because that's essentially what we're doing we're paying it forward right we're giving people the 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 keys that that we have learned and picked up along the way saying here you go man for free man we're just giving this to you because we want you to be better we want you to to thrive like I'm speaking to that, like you said, I'm speaking to that 18 year old me. I'm speaking to 18 year old me. Hey, listen, I want you to do better, like, I want you to to know the stuff that
0: I know now. like Let me let me tell you to stuff, do this, bro. <laughs> when you finally get with a woman who treats you well after you've been in nothing but abusive, toxic relationships your entire life, that's a lie I, that I, you've allowed in your life, that you've I've allowed because.
1: Because nothing happened to you. You were allowed to that. allowed that. that. Yeah. That's huge. Thank nothing you for,
0: you to you. That. Yeah. Thank you for correcting me on that. Thank you for correcting me on that. you going to put your foot down. Draw that line. I wasn't, I wasn't being a man, bro. Yeah. I wasn't being in my masculine frame. Yeah. And so, bro, when you finally get a woman who like treats you right, I've only had two women in my life, besides my mother, of course, but in the dating realm that have treated me like gone above and beyond. And it was one that I dated in college. Absolutely phenomenal. Everything after that was downhill because I wasn't ready to commit and then... You're too young at that point. I was you the more too experience. And then this one now. And I'm like, wow, to see, like, it's a night and day difference when you find a woman who shows interest, loves you unconditionally, who will go above and beyond, who will be there for you when you need her, show you support, support your endeavors. She could be blown up my phone, like, why are you out here recording so late? Like, what the fuck's going on? That would have happened in my past relationship. Why are you putting that over me? Right? Not this one. This one's like, that's amazing. Good for you. Like, record all night keep going i hope it's amazing you know and i'm like that's what we as men deserve that's what we deserve we deserve to have a woman that's not going to be out here in the streets tricking showing her ass off to everybody on instagram being on OnlyFans. like we deserve that we deserve that bro and i think every man here deserves that you know it just all comes down to belief because it's a mindset and you
1: we deserve it um after we have had found ourselves correct after we've
0: Took ownership and, and put in the work and put in the work and, the work. and became the and, man. We're and learned didn't we appreciate people. them, right, for the woman that they are? Yeah, yeah,
1: because yeah, you don't you don't want that before you put in the work.
0: It's like before you're ready because you ain't yeah. out.
1: It's like you're starting a business. You have no real business experience, and you just get a million dollar loan. You to blow that thing. Yeah. You don't know what to do, like, like not everybody. The you don't have the network. You don't have the skill set. You don't have anything. You're gonna blow the bag. You're gonna fumble it. Yeah. That's what you did in in college. Yeah, you're too young ready for that i know yeah she was you know women mature much faster than men much faster that's because they stopped having kids before men. yeah so true. you if you stop having kids of course you're going to learn hey this is what i got to do to to get the right one and you know solidify the my best option right we don't know that you know men can be men can be peter pan uh for the rest of their lives man they can literally just do whatever and go because they don't have a ticking clock they don't have to figure it out right yeah. but the ones that do figure it out early you're like bro you were you were sitting here from god like are you living a, a second life right now like what's going on how do you know this knowledge because a lot of men they say "What well, we don't we don't really step into our, our 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 final form you know when it comes to maturity until like our late 30s you know but what if we could accelerate that and Get guys to come into the, that form at 25, 27, 28, right? Yeah. Well, then now, you know, how much more opportunities created after that? How much life is better? How many, how many more communities are better, right? Because you get a lot of people who don't want want to take self accountability. If you can't take self accountability, you can't take family accountability, child accountability. You didn't even know yourself, man. You
0: don't man care. And I think that comes down to one word specifically that you said, which is community, because yeah. you're only going to get that in community. Yeah. Like, how are, I've got a guy that's a part of the retreat center. And uh, I think he's 52, 50, he's in his fifties. And he's like, dude, if I could learn what you're learning right now, when I was your age, he was like, I would have saved myself a whole lot of heartache. He's like, I'd be in a completely different realm right now financially. He's like, because I I went through a lot. I put myself into a lot of situations that I shouldn't have. I accepted and tolerated a lot of things that I shouldn't have and I should have walked away from. I put myself in compromising positions and it was all because I did not know the things that we're learning now that I'm learning in my fifties. And so I'm like, dude, that's like, hear that from somebody that's a part of my community is like, wow, like you're hearing stories from other people. It gives you perspective. And that's, what's so important about men being in a strong community, man. You got to have other people, you got to have brothers, you got to have people you can rely on and relying on someone that's, that's important in itself. If you have the trust enough to be able to rely on somebody, if somebody's earned that trust and not broken it. Bro, that's a rare thing to find. Yeah. My grandfather used to tell me, um, if you can get to the end of your life and have five, count on your five fingers five real friends that you've had throughout your lifetime, he's like you are a very lucky man.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now so to find those at an early age is is priceless. Yeah, I tell you
1: what, man. You know the fact that you just brought that up, you know, I had a situation in my company where I had to let someone go out of my company and it's like oh, I thought he was a real friend. And, you know, it's, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, I, it felt like it could have been a good relationship, but, you know, it it, it wasn't, I wasn't w- willing to tolerate, you know, I mean, I didn't allow, you know, for some of that stuff to go before I would have just, you know, turned to, oh, it's okay, man,
0: it's cool. But you never know what that could have progressed into.
1: Right. Right. And I didn't want to wait until I was 50 to mm-hmm. find out, like the guy in your community. Fifty? why would I wait until fifty to find out? No, I want now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> now. that that goes back into the whole premise of failing fast. Yeah. You want to fail fast. You want to fail at a young age. You want to know, like, so I, I started a tech company. It was an absolute failure. It put me into six figures of debt. Um, and so we reason What was it. it about? What was it about? It, it, was, it was a mobile app for bars and restaurants, which is crazy because at the time when we started, it was so that you could see a live bill <laughs> on your phone and you could select what was yours, split it with your friends, check out. It was like. Easy peasy. Because you know it's a pain in the ass to check out a restaurant, especially if we have like eight or ten people, right? We got to talk after this. So we created this. It was an epic failure. It was like, this was like five years ago, right? And so nobody, everybody's like, this is never going to work. We don't need this, blah, blah, blah. Now half the POSs in the the city have this as a feature, right? So we were like way too ahead of our time. It put us in a lot of debt. Man, when I I went through that, I failed at it. For a couple years, it was like... I could have done this. I could have done this. I could have been successful at this. And I was beating myself up, but I was like, we tried, you know? And I was like, I could have done it differently. So we're technically, we're trying again right now, mm-hmm. now that we've got some money. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying it again. We're, you know, building, it's back in the development stages, right? And so we're we're putting this out there again. But let me tell you something. If I hadn't tried it the first time, if I hadn't tried it now the second time, I don't know what's going to happen. It might fail, it might not. Now I'm not as emotionally involved in it because yeah. that's back then I was like, I was my obsession. Bro, I would go until age 50, 60, 70, maybe for the rest of my life, wondering what if, instead of just cutting it off and being like, it was a failure, it's done, move on to the next project. It is so imperative that you fail fast. You want to fail at as many things as possible, as quick as possible, because if it's an idea that you have, and like how many tries did they say Edison took to make the light bulb, yeah. right? <laughs> and so like going back to that, um, you know, that that story, it's just, like, bro, you have to fail fast. You have to know that it was a failure. Otherwise, you'll live in regret for the rest of your life. So you mean to tell me
1: that you did the opposite of what school taught you to do? So you failed and that you learned through the failure, not yeah. getting an A in learning. Yeah.
0: And
1: yeah, that's, that's not what we're really taught, man. We're taught. We're not taught a lot. Don't get that F, man. If you get that F, that's bad. But it's like, no, F in life is actually an A. Yeah. Like, that's, no, you got to fail your way through success.
0: You know what's crazy? Um... Now for my career, I'm doing everything that I failed at, right? I was an epic failure in math. I use math every day doing mortgages. That's all I do, right? But it's interesting because I'm very good at it now because of my interrelation skills and like the ability that I have to compute things. I got that from my father, but I never applied that because I didn't care about it. And so I think to myself, sometimes I'm like, you know, I was pushed that I had to go get good grades and I had to do this and that, even though I really didn't. The only things that I was really good at was music and speaking. And so I'm like, imagine if we lived in a society where school pushed, this kid's failing at everything. Like, let's give him the basics that he needs to get by as like a productive member of society in those realms. But like, why would we not pursue the two things with this child's gifts that he has, which is music speaking and just push him on those as, as hard as we can
1: and then trickle in a little bit of what he's not good at so that he could music you gotta count notes and you gotta do this and you gotta oh so mathematics is easy because i'm good at reading the exactly. the musical notes oh so makes sense right so no absolutely yeah it, i feel like it it focuses on things that we're not necessarily great at i think that's why a lot of people homeschool their kids they take them out and actually focus on their strengths
0: right yeah um like your strength, your strength was utilized since you were 11 years old. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. That's personal some personal trainer. Like 11. people poured into your gift. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I'm not, obviously, like, I was able to pursue a career in something that I failed at my whole life, which was fine. And I'm, I've am i been very, very successful at it. So I can tell you, like, it's still a thing. You can still be successful in something that you got F's in. Um, Now where it comes down to is fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Like, am I fulfilled doing that? I like making money, like, that's what paid for all this. But it's interesting because, like, what's what's making me money are the things that I was always terrible with. And they're paying for the things that I was always good at. Amazing. <laughs> Full circle right yeah. there, right? So is there a right or wrong way? Man, I don't know. Yeah. We're all just doing it. Yeah, just, <laughs>
1: what type of fire do you have to be great? That's it. That's it. What, what, where's that fire? Because that fire is going to ultimately get you back, to, back on that route, right? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, man. It's, but it's that pursuit. It's always the pursuit. It's always the, the the journey. It's never sitting back and just letting life go by and, oh, woe is me. No, woe is me. No, it's, I'm about to win some shit. I'm about to get up and get a W today. All right? And if I get an L because I was trying to get a W, that's actually a W. Because I tried to get a, I tried to win. So, right? I had to learn that lesson because I was passionate in that pursuit. I wouldn't just... Okay, if I get an A or a B in this class, I get—I don't care. No, I, I want to win, but I lost. That means you were present every moment of that interaction, and you know every little piece of when I failed at that moment in that little that little corner. You know, in that moment, I should have done that. I should have moved that way. I should have acted that way. I should have done that. I should have taken that step. When you're not present, when you're not passionate, you don't really learn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not learning from that loss.
0: <laughs> no, you're not passionate. The passion's not there and the passion's not in the money you know it's not, the passion's on the money i think the money comes from pursuing the passion they, they say
1: dopamine um is best when just before you actually get what you what you want not even when you get it it's like it's this high it peaks before you get it uh, yeah like so before the win before let's say before the race before just before and you see the finish line that's when that dopamine's the highest when you when you when you finish, it's already coming back down. Wow! Yeah, so you're past that curve, and
0: so, you gotta just ride the next one. Yeah, Push for the next one,
1: mountains beyond mountains, man. It's one after the other, and it's life, ebb and flow. It's over and over in peaks and valleys. I I
0: know. Oh. well, dude. Um, I think before we wrap up, bro, I'd want to talk about a little bit about your documentary. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about like, really, what's the premise? What's it about? obviously about you and your life right i think there's a lot of other people that are involved yeah. um so yeah can you give me like a brief overview yeah yeah.
1: so the premise of uh my documentary uh is gonna be titled the monster within right um it's like a like a hidden monster that not many people know about and uh kind of holds you back from your your destiny from your greatness uh ultimately to to be that force, that nemesis that pushes you towards an even even greater place. Uh, But it's more about uh, athletes with sickle cell trait and um, exposing the world, exposing sickle cell trait to the world and and explaining and and educating people on what it is and how many people are affected by it, um, how it may come across and how it may look, and just overall education and awareness. That's it. Um, The beginning is not going to be, mainly focused on me because I wanted to not mainly be about me in the beginning, just to know the severity of the, of sickle cell trait. Uh, But then talk about my life because I feel like I'm a prime example. Um, Actually, after I went through my sickle sickle cell situation in division two, every athlete had to be tested because of me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You hear that in a documentary from one of my coaches as well. So uh, yeah, man, it's just, I just want to pay it for it. In this lifetime, this documentary is paying for it. Just ex- it? just explaining because it's not only gonna be about sickle cell, it could be about other things like mental mental health with the with the uh them putting me on this severe anxiety depression medication. Yeah. Everybody's dealing with mental health. We're we're in a mental health epidemic. epidemic. This is it is wild right now,
0: <laughs> right? And I and I think it for men it's bad right now. Bad.
1: Women too. Women too. I'm gonna leave them out. Women yeah. too. They get on social media and they see all this. Women dolled up in surgery, and they're like, "I don't look like that." Well, she don't look like that either, in real life. <laughs> that's right? like, especially in this city. <laughs> yeah, you already know. That's crazy. This is this is the height of it, right? This is the this is the mecca. Wow. Yeah, we're wow. we're we're in a, we're in the lion's den here, or, or the devil's den, right the now. <laughs> den. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what the documentary is about, and uh, I just hope to inspire every single person. People without sickle cell trait, any 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 situ- situation, you know, any health issue, um, be it, you know, physical, mental, doesn't matter, you know, because we got to know you still got to push, gotta but don't do give it. up, please don't do that, you don't want that life. You would you want to put here for nothing? Yeah, You'll not put like. here for something. Yeah. Chase it, get it. You may be, you may feel like you're like eons away from it. Not, not really. You're you're probably. One or two degrees separated from it, right? You're really not that far from it. Yeah. You just haven't met the right network. You haven't read the right book. You haven't listened to the right author on YouTube. You didn't hear the right podcast. Then after hearing that, then putting your head down and diving into it and getting things done—not just listening and, oh, I get it. No, 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 no. Implement Listen to it. Implement it. Now we'll put in those 10,000 hours, 20,000 hours execution, right? So there's there's elements to it. You know, it, it all sounds fine and dandy and everything is better said than done. But, you know, people like us, we have to always drive that execution part. You know, what the implementation looks like. How does that feel? What you're gonna go through? You know, the, the depth you're gonna have to go through. You may be homeless. You may be sleeping out of your car, in the shelter,
0: in uh, the storage
1: center, right? <laughs> you may be.
0: I feel like a failure. But bro, it's those it's those failures that define you.
1: I got and, divorced and at 33. I didn't, say, yeah. I didn't tell you that. I got divorced at 33. I got kicked out in the middle of the pandemic. You know, it's a lot of stuff, man. It's, we're, we're layered people, man. Like people who you deem as successful, they're very layered. They're just happy that they went through it. Like, they've already been through it. I'm happy. I'm on the, I'm on the other side. It's,
0: like, I don't it's so interesting because if you encounter a situation like that again, you're like,
1: um, I've done this. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. We got a game. We got both. a gameplay going into the film. <laughs> you're like, damn, I'm good at filming.
0: <laughs> man, that's great. Well, dude, I appreciate it, man. Uh, we had some uh, camera malfunctions tonight, but, bro, I had um, an awesome experience talking to you, bro, hearing your story um i am super inspired actually just listening to your story what you've been through and like recalling some memories of my own bro i'm like super inspired right now to just go out there and like you said execute because it's one thing to hear it's another thing to see because having the vision is one thing or read or read but it is a completely different ball game to execute and the hurdles that you're going to experience as a part of the execution process the stories that are going to be cultivated as a result of the failures. And bro, everything in between is just a part of the journey. And man, that's what we were put on Earth for, is just to experience this journey to the best of our ability, become our best versions, and share it with others. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I'm grateful, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being my first guest.
1: Thank you for having me, man. This is great, man. This is about to be, hopefully I'm invited back though. Yeah, I just really. can't be the only time now. Yeah, I gotta be here once every other month.
0: Yeah, I you know, you get it. <laughs> Absolutely, bro. Definitely, definitely. Bro, I'm super grateful for you to come here today. Uh, man, where can people find you?
1: Uh, you can find me at uh, Captain Plant It on Instagram uh, or I am Lance Curse on Instagram. You too, Captain Plant. It
0: well, dude. Thank you again for coming, bro. Thank you, sir, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate your support. Please like this video, share it with a friend, click subscribe, and we'll see you on the next one. Dude, that was a vibe. Yeah,
1: yeah, hey, listen, bro. I like this. Shit.
0: What's up everyone, thank you for watching our video. If you're looking to connect with other move makers like our guests, please join our online community by clicking the link below this video. And as always, please like, share, subscribe, and send to a friend so that we can boost our engagement and join other people in our community in the endeavor of finding their purpose, becoming their best version.